بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الذي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد اللهم سلام وعليكم وآله الطيبين الطاهرين لا سيما بقية الله في الأرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف وجعلنا من أعبانه وأنصاره السلام على الحسين وعلى علي بن الحسين وعلى أولاد الحسين وعلى أصحاب الحسين ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله we have توفيق to continue our study of Divine Universal Laws as Sunan al-Ilahiyya and as we said last night Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his creation and legislation he has some general universal patterns of acting that if we know we would be able to benefit from them we would be able to understand the ways for success and how to avoid failure anyone who doesn't know or ignores these patterns would be like someone who ignores or disregards the laws of nature for example if someone wants to make a car or a plane and doesn't observe the laws of physics and chemistry and nature would definitely be defeated would fail no matter how many times they try so we have to be aware of these laws and alhamdulillah in the quran Allah has given us all these necessary information and data about these laws. Everything that we need for our guidance has been given in the Quran. So these laws that we explained last night, what we mean by them, can be divided into two general types. Some of them are what we call mutlaq. You can say unconditional or you can say it applies to all people. Some of them are conditional, are exclusive. They apply to certain people. For example, they may be uh, only for the believers or only for mischief makers the second time and inshallah we will talk about them because they are very important as well but to begin with we start with the general unconditional laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that apply to all human beings whether they are good or bad whether they are God-fearing or not all would be subject to these laws so this is what we call as-sunan al-ilahiyya 
al-mutlaqah. So these are unconditional, absolute, universal, divine law. One of them is the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in providing humanity with guidance through prophets. Please remember all these details. I'm not talking about general guidance. I'm not talking about guidance through instincts and intellect and conscience. No, I'm talking specifically about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's guidance for humanity through prophets. This is what we want to discuss tonight, inshallah. What we understand from the Quran is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has not just created and then leave the creation to an unknown fate, unknown end. Everything is created along with guidance. Pharaoh asked Musa Man ya Musa, who is your Lord? Oh Moses. But because Musa and Harun were together, so he said, Man Rabbukuma, who is your Lord, Lord of you too. Musa gave a very, very brief but profound answer. Very good answer. Something that everyone who studies Aqaid must refer to this verse. Our Lord is the one who gave everything its creation. He didn't say our Lord is the one who created everything. He could say in that way, but he said something which is more philosophical. It means that he has given every quiddity or mahiya its existence. A'ta kulla shay'in khalqahu thumma hadam But then guided it also. It can be human beings, it can be animals, it can be birds, it can be plants, it can be even non-living beings. Everything has received it's due guidance so that they are moving forward towards the end which is defined for them. Very beautiful definition. So, the one who creates at the same time guides as well. So, Allah is not just creating and leaving creatures to just chance. Also, in Surah A'la, we say, الَّذِي خَلَقَ فَصَوَّى وَالَّذِي قَدَّرَ فَحَدَّى This is also showing the same fact, that Allah created everything, and after completion of the creation, when I say after, I don't mean after in time, this is after in logical order. 
after completion of the creation, Allah has also given guidance. Okay. This is by itself a very important sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but I don't want to talk about this tonight. This is enough for uh, us at the moment. What I want to talk is more than this. I don't want also to talk about every human being being guided by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by being given intellect or fitrah. That is also another universal law that Allah guides every human being in a very special way, something more than what animals and birds and plants receive. These are also general for all human beings. This is another sunnah, but we don't want to talk about it now. What we want to talk about it tonight is Allah's sunnah in sending prophets not only guiding us like other creatures or guiding us through intellect and innate fitrah. Allah provides humanity with guidance through prophets. If you study the Quran carefully, and Alhamdulillah, our scholars have worked a lot on this case and other cases and have educated us but maybe when we read the Quran we don't notice all these things when we look at the Quran carefully we find that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala here talks about his sunnah of sending and dispatching prophets to Umam which we can right now for the sake of convenience nations so this is different from every human being being guided or every creature being guided. We are talking about something social, something which is about nations and communities. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, لَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا We have Dispatch we have sent to all Ummah, Kullu Ummah, you can say nation for the timing, to every nation we have sent a messenger, a Rasul. And their message could be summarized in these two sentences. How many messengers we have? 313. Yeah, we have 124,000 Nabi, but we have 313 Rasul. It's not that every Nabi is Rasul. Every Rasul is Nabi, but every Nabi is not Rasul. Rasul is select group of the prophets who were given a message of their own to deliver. Other prophets could have just taught people the message which was given to a Rasul of their time or earlier than them. So Rasul means messenger. There were only 330. 
but to all nations at least one Rasul has been sent. We don't know most of the messengers, let alone prophets by name. Out of 124,000 prophets, how many we know by name? Just maybe tens of them. So the Quran says there are many of them that's that we have not told you their stories. But there is such a universal law that Allah says, we have sent to all nations a messenger. So any nation, whether they were in the east or the west or north or south, but wherever they were, at one point, they had a messenger at least. It doesn't say every century, every decade. No. It could be once in a century, it could be once in 1,000 years, we don't know. But there is no nation that has not been receiving guidance through a messenger. Some were very fortunate to have more messengers, but at least one messenger has been sent to every nation. Another ayah is, in this was Surah Nahl, verse 36. Another ayah is Surah Yunus, verse 47. For every nation, there is a messenger. So, to China, there must have been at least one messenger. Who was that messenger? We don't know. If there were native uh, people, indigenous people in America, they must have received a messenger. So every nation has received at least one messenger. So, rasul. Also in Surah Fatir, verse 24, Allah says, there has been no nation unless there has been a warner. Nazir, you know, is a title that Quran uses to refer to the messengers and sometimes maybe more generally, but certainly messengers are Nazir, like Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Munzir and Nazir is the one who does Enzar. Enzar means warning. Because one of the jobs of the prophets and messengers was to warn people so that they become alert. Because people are normally in the state of, the state of being asleep. They are not very alert all the time. They need someone to awaken them. Nazir is very important. So, there is no nation unless a warner has been sent to them. So, there is no ambiguity in the Quran 
that for every ummah, at least one messenger has been sent. But the main question, you know, Quran is very, very accurate, and every word is said with reason. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't say we have sent to every city, every tribe, every village, every country or continent a messenger. No, he says we have sent to every ummah a messenger. So this ummah could be an ummah that exists in a continent or in a, I don't know, subcontinent or a big area. The criteria is to be ummah, means one nation with certain common identity. Doesn't need to be to every city. Look at the Quran, how clearly explains this. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Furqan, verse 51, He says, had we wanted, we would have sent to every village a warner. So it's not that to every village a warner is sent. To every woman a messenger is sent. But if he had wanted, he could have done this. But this is not his universal law. His universal law is to every nation. Because every nation, as I said, they share the same identity, they share the same resources, they share the same heritage. Therefore, it's upon them that when a messenger goes to them, they all benefit and pass on this information to other members of the nation. In Surah Qasas, verse 59, وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ مُهْلِكَ الْغُرَى حَتَّى يَبْعَثَ فِي أُمِّهَا رَسُولًا يَتْلُوْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتَنَا This ayah confirms the same fact plus it shows another sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that is sunnah of Itmam al-Hujjah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does complete the proof the guidance for people before he takes them into account. Allah would not ask people to be answerable unless he completes for them hujjah. And on top of that, he would never punish them in dunya unless he has sent prophets to them. So, although their aql, their conscience could be enough for understanding, but Allah says, no, I would not punish in dunya any nation unless I have directly communicated. It's a very important part of his merciful plan. So, no accountability without guidance, no punishment in dunya with a specific guidance through sending the prophets. This is what the Quran very clearly says. So that Allah yakuna lillahi ala Sorry, lillahi ala Allahi hujjatun ba'da rasul. So that people would have no hujjah after coming of the prophets. They cannot say, Oh Allah, 
If you had sent a messenger to us, we would have listened to you. Okay? So, this ayah confirmed this sunnah. وَمَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ مُهْلِكَ الْقُرَانِ Your Lord was not such a person to destroy Quran. Garya, if I want to translate literally, I can say villages, but Garya in Quran has a specific meaning. Maybe inshallah one time you can explain. It's not, uh, you know, 100% accurate to say village. Because sometimes the Quran, Qariya can be a city. We'll maybe talk about it another time. مَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ مُهْلِكَ الْقُرَانِ حَتَّى يَبْعَثَ فِي أُمِّهَا رَسُولًا Your Lord has not been such a person to destroy a nation Sorry, to destroy villages and cities and towns unless he sends a prophet in the main part of that nation. Ummul Qura, Ummiha. For example, Mecca is Ummul Qura. It was not necessary for Allah to send a messenger to Medina, to Ta'if, to other cities. But it was necessary to send a messenger to Arab nation and this messenger should be sent to Ummul Qura, to the main city, main part of that nation. This is a very beautiful point. مَا كَانَ رَبُّكَ مُهْلِكَ الْقُرَى حَتَّى يَبْعَثَ فِي أُمِّهَا رَسُولًا Your Lord is not the one who destroys cities and villages, Unless he sends and raises a messenger from Um, the main part of that combination of cities. And his job is, among other tasks, to recite our verses to them. So we understand from this ayah one point that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not punish any group of people in dunya so there would be no quick azab in dunya unless a messenger has been sent to them to be sent to every nation but when it's sent to a nation is sent to the umul qura of that nation okay this is very important and this is something that also we find in the teachings of practical teachings of Ahlul Bayt, I think. Once I heard a very good point from one of ulama and it opened a gate for me. One of ulama was talking about Imam Sadiq You know, Imam Sadiq could go to a remote place there were places that there were uh, more inhabit uh, more Shia inhabitants there. Followers of Ahlul Bid were there. Places that maybe the caliphs were not very powerful. But Imam Sadiq Imam Badr they preferred to stay in Medina next to the Khalifa, next to the, you know, 
military and being watched by them but to be in the hub into the main place instead of going to a far place and be comfortable with their own Shia it's very important we should not leave main places of nations major crossroads of the world and all you know relax in our own for example you know or countries or our own you know, Shia territories. It's very important. Guidance should be provided in Ummul Qura of every nation. So therefore, sometimes I say, one of the things that we have to do is that we have to make sure that in all major cities of the world we have mosques not only centers, we should have mosques in major cities of the world. I don't want to mention them by name, but you know. Where we establish our community, but establish lots of connection with other people. We have to be present there. You cannot just go somewhere because you want to be comfortable and even religiously comfortable. No, you have to go to places to be challenged but at the same time, your place, presence there is a witness. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has this universal pattern that he sends a messenger to every nation. How often? We don't know. How many? We don't know. But at least once someone must have gone, have gone there and taught them, and perhaps this is why we find lots of general values among all nations. If you travel today to any part of the world, you find basic moral values are the same. Partly is because of our common humanity, partly because of there have been messengers who have laid the foundations of morality all over the world. One thing more that I want to add to this, and this is another law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala under this main law of guidance, is that every messenger who has been sent, this is very important, Allah will not send a stranger or for example someone who is not able to communicate to those people Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says uh, there are two verses one in surah isra verse 95 if on the earth, instead of human beings, there were angels. Suppose there were angels in Mecca, living in Mecca. Allah says this is a very beautiful expression explaining how because of gravity we are able to move around on the earth comfortably 
So instead of us who are able to walk on the earth, if there were angels who were walking on the earth, and Allah was going to send a messenger, would be that messenger a human being? No. Allah said he would send a messenger who is an angel. For angels, we send angels. For human beings, we send human beings. Because there must be some match, some conformity between the messenger and the people to whom Allah sends the messenger. This is about nature, but also about language. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Ibrahim verse 4, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ رَسُولًا إِلَّا بِاللِّسَانِ قَوْمِهِ لِيُبَيَّنَ لَهُ We have not sent any messenger unless with the same tongue, the same language of his people, the people that he's going to talk to them and guide them. لِيُبَيَّنَ لَهُ So that he can should be able to communicate to people. So, this is another law that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has that whenever He wants to guide people, He sends people like them, Bashabun Mislukum, and also He would communicate to them with the same language that they have. In my humble understanding, Ibrahim asked for his progeny something more. I think this was additional, if I'm not mistaken. What does Ibrahim ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When Ibrahim and Ismail are raising the foundations of Kaaba, they said, Oh Allah, we want to have a nation from us who are Muslim. Okay, Ummatan Muslim. Also, they asked Allah to raise among them a messenger. Okay, but they were very clever. They didn't just say, send a messenger to them. They said, Please raise a messenger among them, from them. This is additional. It's not necessary that always a messenger is men and fusim. But they were very clever. They wanted their progeny to have a messenger who is also from themselves, not from the next tribe, for example. They wanted to have this honor of having Rasulullah from the same progeny of Ibrahim and Ismail. It's a very you know, clever way of praying. Like for example, you know, I can build a masjid and say, Oh Allah, please make my progeny continue for generations and use this masjid. It's very good. Because you are asking for continuity of your progeny, you are also asking that your progeny with people who go to masjid. But if I am more clever, I say, Oh Allah, please make my progeny always come to this masjid and also give them maraj from themselves who would lead them. 
Najjas Alim, Maraj, Ibrahim and Ismail were not happy except Rasul. They had a messenger from themselves. This is very clever. Of course, I'm sure Allah told them. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts in our heart and mind what we ask from Him. Yes? I don't think they could imagine to ask such a thing. He teaches you what to ask from Him. And then you ask Him. You think it's your dua, but it's His inspiration that you ask this dua. So, our discussion tonight, if you want to summarize, was that one of the unconditional, means something about all humanity, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in addition to different forms of guidance, would make sure that to every nation he sends a messenger. And this messenger is someone from their own nature, a human being who is understanding them, who can communicate to them with the same language. This messenger does not need to be raised in every city. It has to be raised for a nation. But where in that nation, it seems to be in the Ummul Qura, in the major hub of that nation, that messenger will be raised. And then it's responsibility of people to share this with other people of their time and future generations. Inshallah, we will continue this discussion tomorrow. This is the night of the 3rd of Muharram. And we normally in this night remember the young daughter of Abu Abdullah salam, Lady Ruqayya Salaamullah Assalamu alayka ya Of the 